0: inside the hymnals, you can pull out we're going to sing sing about two times we're going to sing all the way down to the bottom go back up and from the beginning again let's talk about Jesus that's what we like to do yes <laughs> Let's dismiss the other classes. A baby was born, and uh, it's another boy. <laughs> How many is that? Six, so, to see. Joseph, Samuel, Samuel. Uh, 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 Several <laughs> uh, David Randall Ching, eight pounds, 12 ounces. No, no, that's the day he's born. Seven pounds, four ounces. Seven pounds, four ounces, 20 inches. And so, uh, that's a blessing. And uh, slept right through it. It was so good. Did not even have a clue what's going on. Although all day I was nervous, you know, because uh, I thought it might be the time of the day. So, I'm glad it was when... Uh, I'm, when David is old, I'll say, David, thank you so much for not being born when I was awake. It was a home birth, you know. So scary for me all right so i'll pray for little david because he had to go to er on friday because of a heart beat kind of thing and so they just want to check it out make sure and so um but they he seems to be fine and kristen seems to be fine Uh, tired as you can imagine but i don't know women can imagine that men do not have a clue what it's like to give birth and men do not know exactly what it's like but uh You know, although the woman is called the weaker vessel, the men sometimes are weaker, <laughs> and women sometimes are stronger. That's right. So that's the way God made it. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we men uh, don't have to go through what women go through. It is that's a blessing. Amen. And uh, when it's all over, the more, by the way, when it's over, mother kind of forgets about it. Yeah. And uh, what she goes through. One or twenty, what she goes through, she eventually she looks at her baby as it's growing, and she just forgets about what it was like in the delivery room. I think that's, I think that's what happens. So that's a blessing. All right, let's go to First John. First John, and we are, I wouldn't come across as complaining, but we're going through First John slowly. We are just going. Row by row, and trying to go through verse by verse. We are now in chapter two, in chapter two, verse number eighteen, and my hope is to get through verses eighteen through twenty-nine. That's my hope. And um, there are disappointments in life, and I will be disappointed because I like would not go through all these verses. But I would like to. Look at verse number eighteen. First John chapter two, verse number eighteen. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for letting us be in church, and thank you, Lord, for the birth of little David. We pray that you keep him healthy and strong, grow, as the others have, in uh, good health and in spirit, soul, and body. We thank you, Father, for answering prayers and taking care of Christians, and uh, we pray that you would... Bless our Sunday school class today and the classes in the other rooms. Uh, give them all a blessing as we pray that you give us a blessing as well. Uh, teach us, remind us, and show us uh, how to live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, little children, this is the last time. And uh, ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. We talked about the Antichrist last Sunday. There is the Antichrist, and then there are those who are Antichrist. Small a, plural, they were in John's time, and in the last time, uh, there would be many more. Now, he uses the phrase, the last time. Let me just say a little bit about that as we move along. There are other words that the Apostle Paul used, and Peter also uses them. But the last time is a reference. Well, let's look at the verses first, and then we'll try to get a conclusion. Rather than me just saying what it is. But the last time has a particular reference to a particular event to come. And the last time could be a duration of time, a period of time, or it could be the conditions of something that's about to happen. Um, Yesterday we went to the air show at K-Bay. Oh boy, a lot of traffic, I know that. And then coming out, a lot of traffic. We walked two miles, one mile in, one mile out. There was shuttle service but we didn't see where it was, and nobody who was on duty could tell us where it was going to be. Where did we meet for the shuttle? And so it's got a lot of I know, So We walked in a mile, and then did our whatever. And then we saw the airship, the blue wings. Really great show, and uh, the vibration of those, the power jet engines makes your whole body shake. It's just something. But uh, there was such an anticipation building up to the the show yesterday, and then today there's another one. Now, they had flyovers, rehearsals all the week, all during this week, leading up to Friday's performance for some VIPs. And then yesterday was for regular people like us. And so we had that show, but there's such a build-up to the show. It's been seven years. Now, there were conditions to lead up to the show. It was rehearsal. It was anticipation. It was news flashes and so on. You had all these things about what's going to come. Well, in the same way, the the last time has a reference to something that's gonna happen. There's a build-up to it, there's, there's an anticipation, there is something that is happening, there are marks of the show's coming on Saturday, the show's coming on Friday, and yesterday we could look at my porch and watch them fly over the house, it was, it was such a sight. I was thinking, they're ours, they're American. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they and it was such a good thing to think about. But uh, everything is building up to. Oh, I can't wait to Saturday. I can't wait to. And of course, the kids are anticipating. They're so excited too. And uh, so there are marks of something going to happen. And so when he refers to the last time, he's talking about something that's going to happen. Now turn to John chapter fourteen. Everyone, please. John chapter fourteen. And you're going to have to turn quickly, because there's a lot of reference I'd like to give to you. And if I do wait for everyone to find it, we may not get through. But Oh, just a little bit. So, uh, I will read, and I hope you will write down the verses, the references of these, but turn and find it if you can. John 14. Remember, we're saying now that the last time is a reference to an event. All right? John 14, 1, 2, and 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Talking to his disciples. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. It says prepare, not repair. Amen. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, here's what you learned so far just in passing. The place that God has for us, we call it heaven. We, we send us benches in heaven. You know, those structures, the that city, that place that will be ours for eternity is not made by human hands. Yes. Yes. You realize anything made by human hands, anything designed by anyone on a blueprint, anything that is the contractors and the subcontractors, everyone that builds something from the foundation up, you know that it's, if it's made by man, there's a potential of it falling apart. Right. This is why I don't like to go on those those rides, the circus rides, the state fair rides, that go up and come down. You know why I don't like to go on those? They're built by man. Mm-hmm. And uh, all they do is if, if they forget one bolt, if they forget a few things to tighten, uh, of course, I went to the top, it could fall down, and it wasn't planned, all right? Anything made by man, that's the principle. Old Manoa campus, University of Hawaii, remember they had some buildings, some structures leaning over, cracking? <laughs> made by man. The rail? The rail? Yeah. Made by man. Yeah. More delays? Made by man. Yeah. Anything made by man, there's a potential at falling apart. But God's home is not made by human hands. Fine. You're not going to move into a brand new, yes. a brand new, a brand new. I don't know what the footprints would be like, but it's brand new. It would never have any flaws because the Lord has made that and He's making that. Amen. i prepare a place for you. Verse number three says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now keep that in mind. Now Acts chapter one, here's what it says. And if you want to write this down, verses nine through 11. Acts chapter one, verses nine through 11 says this. When He has spoken these things, Jesus while they beheld the disciples and others, besides the twelve, besides the eleven, while they beheld he was taken up, oh, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Guess who they were? It wasn't two white men, it was two men in white apparel. <laughs> two men in white apparel. This is important to see what the Bible is saying. Two men. In white apparel, in white clothing, they show up out of nowhere. Guess who they were? Well, let's read <clears throat> verse number eleven, which also said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven?" This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, the next four words are, "shall so come in." like manner well that's more than four words as you have seen him go up into heaven so the two angels came by and said disciples you need to get going here because you're looking up into heaven, wasting your time uh, he's going to come back the same way so the event that we're talking about the event the, the last time that John has in his mind the last time that Paul has in his mind well let me read some verses that Paul wrote about the last time he didn't say last time but he used another word another terminology and that will be found in 2 Timothy chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3. The last time is reference to an event. The last time, 2 Timothy 3 1. This know also that in the last days, also, last time, last days. Last time, last days. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be, here are some marks of perilous times in the last days. Perilous times to come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now we sometimes make a mistake to associate current events the way people behave in this year as to say, Well, must be the last days because this is how people behave. Remember this there are indications of the event and sometimes you have more indication than not. It so happens that in these days, in our time, in this generation, we have more indication of the last days and last times than ever before because we see so much of verse number two. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Watch up here. They're kissing themselves. Look in the mirror and say, What a doll. (laughs) We have never witnessed how people think of themselves like we do in the last 20, 30 years. Really. In in school, in Tennessee when I went there for my first year, there was a man who thought he was good looking. Ever meet people like that? A man, a college student, he was an upperclassman. He thought he was good looking. I forget his name, but I remember the yearbook took a picture of him, standing in the big window by the mailbox, all the students got their mail, on a clear day in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good reflection, he's like this. Watch up here, he's like this. And he's smiling. The the school, one of the school photographers, um, yearbook took a picture of him. And the bottom of the caption said this. You must love yourself before you can love others. (laughs) It was so funny. Because that's the guy. It exactly described this guy. He thought he walked like this around school. doing this I'm a freshman and I looked at him and I one real spiritual I looked at him and said what a cocky peacock What a peacock He thinks he is somebody special and then he had this real feminine smile you know never showed his teeth just oh let me to take a picture with you okay sure that kind of a guy. Well men should be lovers of themselves covetous bolsters oh bolsters. Oh, we're not living in a time which people think they're great and they say so. They command millions of dollars for their athletic skills or for their voice. It's incredible. Now, that may have been going on for a long time. It just seems like it's more of it going on before that great event takes place. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Verse number three, without natural affection. That is surely a sign of the last time, the last days. Now, these things have been going on, but it just seems to be magnified. That's what you want to think of. It's always been going on. John always had false teachers. He always had an antichrist around. Paul, in his time, he always had people perverting the word of God. That still goes on. It's always going on. But it just seems like in the last days, more of it goes on. I hope you understand what John is saying here. This is not news. It's just magnified, more of it's going on. It's more exposed. Uh, verse number three, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears, despises of those that are good. That's going on today, even more so. Yes. Have you noticed that a long time ago, maybe in the 1950s, you could have a position about politics or about morality, and you'd be respected. Nowadays, if you oppose the woke crowd, you're not. you're not respected. You are destroyed. Have you noticed that? you are destroyed because you don't agree with them. Now, if you don't want to be destroyed nowadays, you agree with something you don't really agree with in your heart, but you have to agree with it because your business will be destroyed or your home will be... uh, you'll be harassed in your home. This is the time in which we are living. It's just a reminder that we are in the last days, the last time. It's a reminder. Okay? Everybody understand? Okay? Uh, And so... And I don't need to... Well, I, let me read verse 4. Traitors, pity, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Well, that's true too. But that's all that's been going on. It's all that's been going on. Lovers of pleasure. Now, do we not love pleasure? I mean, if you say you don't love pleasure, you might not be telling the truth to yourself because everybody loves pleasure. Don't you love chocolate? <laughs> Oh, that is so pleasurable to eat chocolate. Now, I wish this wasn't re-recorded, but it is. What can I say? Bye. I bought my wife a treat from Costco last week. Only because I know she likes it. I bought it for her. I should have brought it for an optic lesson. But we have gone through Costco many times, and she said would say, can I get this? And I would say, nah. And then uh, she will always say, okay. And then I felt really like I need to give her a treat. So I bought her this treat from Costco. It cost $13.99 plus tax. One time it was $9.99 plus tax. Now it's $13.99 plus. I'm thinking to myself, Chinese brain. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because it's $30, whatever. Happened. I bought it for her anyway and I surprised her. So she's home doing whatever she's doing. I brought it. I, said, I got a surprise for you and held up to her and she went, ah. And she has been enjoying it ever since half of it is gone. I have helped her. Would you like to know what that treat is? Yes. I'm not saying. But it's something that we both sit down and we eat it with a lot of pleasure. I keep saying to myself, this is the last three. And she keeps telling herself, okay, that's it. M&M's Peanuts. Oh, now that wasn't a clue but I was just telling you that life has pleasure, we enjoy certain things um, whatever it is if it's not bad, sinful well that borders on sinful doesn't it <laughs> but uh, you can enjoy some things in life now some of you women, you enjoy sewing, I don't know how you can enjoy sewing or crocheting and knitting, I don't know how some of you enjoy many different things Men enjoy so many different things. Uh, we, we there was a car show on the base for the air show, car show, air show, okay, and so they had all these fancy re, uh, what do you call the restored cars? They're still working, and uh, there was one guy sitting in his chair next to a oh I don't know what I was a Lamborghini or something. He was so immaculate, and I was gonna touch this thing, and he said you can't touch that. I said why not? He said well because, and that's why I touched it. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was sitting here I was going to do that and I saw his glare at me so I didn't touch it <laughs> all these, see men take pleasure in that men take pleasure in different things all I'm saying and it's not wrong to be lovers of pleasure but this is, this is extreme this is loving pleasure so much they're not lovers of God see you can love the Lord as a Christian and still love some pleasures in his life but they cannot they're extreme. They are obsessed. They are just, they got to have something to give them pleasure. If they don't have it, they're not happy. They're dead. Well, that's the time in which you live. Now, a form of godliness, verse 5. And it'll continue down to verse number uh, 8. But uh, I want you to see, and I think you're sir, that in the last days, the last time, it's a condition before the Lord returns. Now, one more reference. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses one through four. Second Timothy four verse one through four. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And so you have uh, the Lord coming back as the context, verse number three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine in the context of the Lord coming back. Uh, after their own loss shall they he teaches to them to themselves so teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall return to the that is going on also today. Second Thessalonians 2 is also the coming of the Lord. There's a falling away for us. First Timothy chapter four, the Spirit speaketh expressly in a latter times. Okay. Now we have a latter times. We have latter times. All of this is a reference to the Lord coming back. And this is the conditions and the marks in which people will be behaving overall. Now, in 1 John 2.26, if you would look back in 1 John 2.26, there is a word that is used by John. It's a very graphic word. It's a word that is in our English dictionaries and in the Bible. It's a word that is, it gives it a certain thought because it is intended to. First John two twenty six about these antichrists, these false teachers, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, and so that's the word. The word is seduce. Now, usually, usually when you see the word seduce and you read the definition of seduce, uh, it's a very evil behavior. But there's a seduction of people who are Christians to believe false doctrine. So there is that type of seduction. And then the same way that happens to someone, it happens to Christians. They suddenly get seduced. They suddenly get deceived. They suddenly get tricked into believing something that is wrong. Seduction. Being seduced. Okay? Now you never want that to happen to you as a Christian. As a matter of fact, you are told to have strong doctrine, right doctrine, and don't be tossed about by every wind of doctrine by false teachers. Alright? Now, so 1 John 2.28 says, It is the last time. Uh 2.18, excuse me. 1 John 2.18. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard the antichrist shall come. Even now, are there many antichrists? Whereby we know that it is the last time. So one of the marks of the last time is that there have been many false teachers. Many false teachers. I just saw online two days ago a commercial. You you open your browser, you see all these commercials. There's the third, second spot about this this guy in Florida, of all places, opening the very first mega church for some 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 non-Christian religion. <coughs> ever since is the very first one it's a mega church in Florida and there's a drone going around showing the, the buildings and the property and this man's there like this he's very happy to introduce this huge facility for this first religion in Florida it's not a Christian religion and he's asking he says only five hundred thousand dollars left to give to <laughs> very interesting way to raise money but uh, in the last days you have of false teachers not only non-Christian type, but so-called in the, under the umbrella of Christian, false teachers. And in the day of John, they didn't believe that Jesus Christ came physically in the body, in the flesh, but just spiritually. Gnosticism. Jesus didn't come in the flesh. He just came in the spirit. False teachers. Now, two ways to think about false teachers. You know they're false because they teach something wrong about Jesus Christ, His nature. The nature of Jesus Christ, they teach wrong about Him. The nature of Christ. All right? Also, when it comes to personal salvation, here's what they do. They add to faith. They add to faith for salvation. That's one mark of a false teaching of an Antichrist. And they change the nature of Jesus Christ. He is eternal He was always the son of God. He came in the flesh, his incarnation. But they say he did not. So there's also false teaching about Christ to identify as a false teacher. And he calls them liars. He calls them liars. Alright, so he's very strong. John the Apostle, the beloved Apostle who had such a warm heart, he calls these Antichrist people liars. You want to get a punch in the face? Call someone a liar because it's a strong word john kind long-suffering john wrote a lot about love john did yeah. but he said these are liars and the antichrist that tells you how severe and how serious he was about these false teachers all right now let me move on there come to verse number 19. i want you to look at the bible now verse number 19. notice the pronouns in verse number 19 Two nineteen. Would you just, with your finger, point, or at least notice the pronouns in verse number 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest. That they were not all of us. What do you see here in these pronouns? You have you have they, and you have us. I thought everybody's the same. I thought we all one in Christ. No, there are those that are they, and the they are those of the Antichrist spirit, and then there are the us, those who are sound in what we believe about Jesus Christ and salvation. So he's making a real point here with those little pronouns, they and us. Them, us, they, that team, this team. We're not on the same team. We're different. When you when you say everything's the same. When it's not, would you say that's not being honest? Would you say that's not accurate? When I I like to go shopping for groceries. I like to look, (laughs) but I like to, you know, cantaloupe, watermelon, apples, things like that. I like to pick them up, smell them, and hit them on the ground or something, roll them on the floor and see if they're fresh (laughs) like that. I like to do this, but uh, I like to smell coffee. I can't tell what coffee is good or not. I just like to smell the coffee. But when it comes to fruit and things, I touch them, I squeeze them, I handle them. I like to figure out if they're the same or not. I ask people working in the produce department, how can you tell if a watermelon is, Sweet. They say, oh, easy. They pick it up to do this. You hear that? I said, yeah, come in. <laughs> they say, see, that's a good sound. Really? If it sounds like that, and they know, I guess, but I never could figure that out. I keep tapping with that watermelon. I cannot tell if it's sweet or not. I always am wrong. I'm almost wishing, I wish I could return this cut watermelon. <laughs> it's not all the same. They're all different. Look at you. You are... Part of the human race. And you're part of Shem, Ham, or Japheth. So you're the same in that regard. You're from Am. You're the same in that regard. But you're all different. There's male and there's female. No. There's male and there's female. Well, that is so unwoke. That there's male and female but there is differences because God made us different. And there's differences of opinion. There's differences of what the Bible says and what someone else says. Sometimes a scholar or a commentator says something that is different from the Bible. Sometimes they say the same things. When I prepare, I look at commentators, and some of them say something that everyone else says. But it's not what the Bible said. Sometimes it's very plain. Sometimes it's kind of you gotta really spend time trying to figure out what's going on here. Most people copy what somebody else has written. Yeah. Now, at the same time, God showed some men a lot of things, and you can glean from them, see? So, that's not really wrong to have what this guy said, what this guy said. But you wanna see are they saying what the Bible is saying? Mm-hmm. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. Not everything's the same. And these false teachers, these Antichrist people, he says, they, 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 they. To make a distinction between us. He's not saying, we're better than they are. He's just saying, they're not of us because they don't believe the same thing about Jesus Christ. So, that's the thing to understand. Not everybody's the same. Not every religion's the same. Not every person's the same. Not every political party's the same. Sometimes it's hard to figure out that they're different. Republicans and Democrats, the Rep- Republicans act like Democrats, but they have R by the name. They're called rhinos, Republicans the name only. You have a very few Democrats who are conservative. Most of them are the same. They, they do what Nancy Pelosi, the the witch of Endor says. They do the same thing she says, otherwise they will not get any funding from her. That's the truth. Now yeah. I don't mean to sound mean. I don't mean to sound, you know, like, uh, But uh, really, uh, there's a big difference and there should be a difference because that's why you have different parties. Right? That's why there are different churches because they have different views on the Bible. We're not Jehovah Witnesses. We're not Mormons. There was a movement one time among Southern Baptists to have dialogues with Mormons in the 80s. Meaning they would come on a Sunday night. Southern Baptists have a, a Sunday night training union it's like a Sunday night, Sunday school where you come and you learn different things in different classes and specialized. And there's a movement in which they try to have them uh, Mormons come in and dialogue with them to see what they believe. Um, is there something wrong with that idea? <laughs> to see what they believe? Okay. I already know. Wouldn't you know already? <laughs> what they believe? Why would you want to have them exposed to your... Congregation, oh, right. yeah. and see yeah. how nice they are, yeah. because they're all nice. You've never seen a mean Mormon. Oh. Riding on the bicycles, they hit by a truck. <laughs> they fall over. They're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they're all smiling. We had a neighbor once in Iowa who two Mormons came by, trying to be nice, and so they said, "Oh, is there anything we can do to help you?" And the guy says, "Oh, well, what, what? help me do what?" oh, well, you know, we can cut your grass. He said, oh, yeah, really? How much? He said, no, no, we do it for free. We just want to be a blessing to the community. You know, okay, okay. He had him cut that grass three times, meaning over a period of two months. And then he had Bible study with them. So they were, they were nice to help out and all that, but they were different. And I had led this man to Christ, I thought, but here he was, Fellowshipping and having dialogue and having Bible stuff with Mormons. So one day they were down there when I was living across the street from this gentleman. I walked over and I said, Hey, how's it? He said, Hey, how's it? You know how we're talking, why well, hey, how's it? You know. In in Virginia they say, Hey, what's up, dude? Or something. Maybe that's in California, I don't know. <laughs> but over here we say, Hey, how's it? How's it? And so I walked over, hey how's it? I said what are these two guys over here for? I saw them cutting the grass. He said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." And they were studying in his garage, which was open, no garage door. And so I'm gonna say, "What were you guys talking about? Studying about?" They say, "Oh, we're studying about um, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ." I said, "I said, you know, no, you don't ever want to be unnecessarily mean." Yeah. I said, "This, you know, I don't believe that at all." I said, "I have friends from high school, which was many many years ago." that were Mormons. We talked all the time and I began to study about Joseph Smith and about your history and about Nauvoo, Illinois and about all the progression, the migration going on. I, I said all about that. I said, I have all of your literature and I did at the time. And I said, I know about what you teach. Oh, well, um, we're Christians. I said, well, you said that you're Christian. Your little card of the eight things you believe you say that you're a Christian, you say that you believe Bible, so far as it is correctly translated. I said, I know what that means. I said, actually, you are false teachers. And my friend, <laughs> here's like this. He was upset that I was confronting them. I don't think I was being mean to them. I don't think I was being you know, ugly to them. I was just confronting them with the truth. I didn't call them liars like John did. Mm-hmm. I didn't say you liars, I didn't say that. (laughs) I said, I don't believe what you're teaching is the truth. And so after a while, they were kind of, you know, and and they said, you know what, Uh, we need to go. I said, yeah, you need to go. Now this wasn't even my house. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't even my garage, (laughs) but I was just trying to express to the, the God, mostly for his sake, for his sake, not for this, for his sake, how can you be having studies with people who don't believe the Bible? And so that was my whole objective. John says, they, 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 they. Now, it says that they, uh, they went out. You know what went out means? They left us. They left us. They went out. That they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. You remember in the upper room at the Last Supper? Remember, picture with me. Imagine at the Last Supper, there are the 12 disciples with Jesus. They're having the Last Supper. And Jesus says, One of you will betray me tonight. Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? The one I give the salt to was Judas. And then you know, the Lord told Judas. Now I can imagine this conversation. They're all talking, or maybe they're listening. He says, Quietly to Judas, what thou doest too do quickly. And the Bible says Judas got up in John chapter 13. He got up and he left. You know what these false um, teachers did? They got up and left. Right. Nobody kicked them out any more than Jesus did not kick out Judas. He left voluntarily. So these Antichrist, they left these Christians voluntarily. It came out that they were false. And then John writes here, he says, they were not that. They might be made manifest. The word manifest, once again, remember, is to reveal the book of Revelation is a revealing, they left to reveal what they really were now they're not of us, that's why they left sometimes we say in the wrong way I think when a person leaves the church let's say when a person leaves our church we say oh that person wasn't really saved, no I don't think that I don't think that but in this case they were not saved they were not saved and they couldn't have fellowship they couldn't pray together they couldn't do things together because it'll always come up there's something not right because there's no fellowship their spirit doesn't bear witness but your spirit that they are children of God there's no there's nothing going on here spiritually now you know um, you hang on another Christian you have good fellowship you don't agree with everything you have good fellowship because of that spiritual connection the Holy Spirit in each believer and uh, you know that couple that visited us from uh, Eddie and his wife uh, not the one on Wednesday but the one on past Sunday such a nice couple I told them why don't you just stay here you know why they were such nice couple Uh, older couple nice couple they had called they said we're trying to find an independent Baptist church that believes Bible." I said well we do you can come visit us you're welcome to do that and so from the website they came over here and they had a good time you folks are so nice to them and uh, we had good talk with good fellowship small talk and he said afterwards oh this was the highlight of our trip we are in a tour group but we took off to come to church we them to come but they didn't want to come with us some of his relatives he said but we had such a good time over here in church he said this was the highlight of our trip i said i'll pass it on to the people,' which i have done just now and i said well that's a blessing what's going on here it's a spiritual thing where they felt something. Now, see, yeah. feelings are not really bad. They felt something. There was some kind of spirit because of the word of God. Because of what was taught, they, they identify with that, and they said inside they were feeling goosebumps, chicken skin. See, now do you get chicken skin? I don't get. I don't get chicken skin. Uh, people say, oh, the hairs in my back, the back necks cut up. Oh, I don't have hair in my arms. Well, I get I get chicken skin. When I feel sick, I get chicken skin. And when I get nervous, I get chicken skin think about certain things like chicken skin I don't have hair standing on my, on my arm my wife looked at me saying don't talk like that anymore so I'll stop talking about that but uh, there was no spiritual fellowship between the Antichrist and John and the Christians and so they said you know they said we're not happy over here to they left and John says, good <laughs> because you're not of us you are a they you're not one of us you're not a Bible believer you don't want the same things So, it's good that you go. Now, that's how I express that. Now, I want you to see other things. Uh, Oh, I was going to say, this is different from someone leaving a church. Because a person can leave a church for many reasons. Because they backslide, or because they're not happy for many other things, or small things, or big things, okay. But they're still a Christian. Mm -hmm. They're still a Christian. These people are not Christians. They don't know the Father. They don't know the Son. They're not saved. But a Christian can leave a church. For different reasons and this may be legitimate it hurts but it's legitimate sometimes i mean over the years when people leave our church but people join our church it kind of goes back and forth doesn't it but i don't like people to leave the church i want them to stay until they die but that doesn't always happen people leave for sometimes petty reasons petty reasons are like this i give an example of leaving which is to say that and the point is is not to for me to rant or, or but the point is to make a point that you can leave a church, they left us, they left us for a certain reason, and John was glad, but people leave a church for other reasons, and it's not so good, and sometimes it is good. They leave the they leave a church because of the pastor, they don't like, they don't like how he preaches. That's always a legitimate reason, because people don't like the way some people preach. If I go to another church, and I sit there, and I'm thinking, you know, everything sounds good, sounds truthful and everything i just have a hard time adjusting to this uh, i stayed there for a few months and i say, you know i just can't get used to this because it's not what i'm used to i, I don't you, I, you know and that's something that happens too you see um and what can you say except this is a reality of the christian life and sometimes it's a teaching that's off sometimes it's something that is minor you can live in minor things but sometimes it's a major thing okay you have to discern some of these matters but people leave because uh, they they not like me which I find hard to believe (laughs) we're all so different see Joan Joan has been here for a long time she knows us I mean like she knows us like like few people know us. dan has been a long time he knows us like few people know us you know Francis knows us for a long time he knows us like few people know us he knows that if I say something off it didn't mean he didn't I didn't mean to sit like that okay and, and the same thing with other people too, who have not been here that long. But uh, you, you know where we come from and you're not upset by small things. But some people who don't know very well, I'll just use me and then I'll go to other examples. I'll say something and then uh, uh, they'll think that I meant something else and it's a it's a heresy to them. I've had people come up to me and say after church, can I ask you something? Whenever someone's just going to ask you something, I know it's going to be something profound. And so I'll say... Sure. This after I'm done, I said, "Amen." About to step down, and they come up to me. Can I? Yeah. You said this. Do you actually believe? Blah, 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 blah. I said, "Oh, uh, yeah. I, did I say that? <laughs> yeah. You said that as if you can't get out of this one. <laughs> you can't lie out well of this one. I caught you <laughs> in a lie." I said, "Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean that. I meant something else." Well, why'd you say it then if you didn't mean it? Sorry. How about I kiss their slippers? <laughs> okay? Is your wrath off of me now? I mean, look, the more you talk, the more you say things that's goofy. In the multitude of words, they want to touch sin. The more you talk, the more you're going to say things you wish you hadn't said. That's why I don't listen to myself on the video. First of all, I like to look at myself. and like to hear myself I really don't and so I know I've said things more than I wish I had said that was not not maybe untrue but something I shouldn't have said I kind of get too revealing of myself to you I I talk about home things and family things and things between me and my wife and I wonder if I should have said something like that too transparent it's like I'm secure in what I'm doing and what I'm saying and what I'm teaching. I have nothing to hide, you know, like that. So I want to identify with you that I'm like you. I have problems like you have problems. only thing I don't have that you have is I'm good looking. That's a hard one to take, though, you know. That's a hard one to take. That is heresy for sure. That is false doctrine. I need you. And then, yeah, and then... And then, listen... Seriously, sometimes people get upset because of what we don't have. Okay, I know what we don't have. <coughs> Can't fix that sometimes until something happens. But, you know, and, you know, a lot of people have things that we don't have. So, okay, fine. So, uh, those things happen. But that's different from they went out from us to manifest that they're not. A, that's a different story. If there's a secret Pentecostal charismatic in here, it'll come up real fast. It'll come real fast. What are some marks that there's a Pentecostal charismatic type of a Christian among the brothers and sisters? What's the, what's the common thing? Well, the common thing is what you see on TV. Now, I'm not making fun, I'm just explaining to you. I mean, a lot of about lifting up holy hands in the Old Testament, it's okay. If you lift up heads in church, I'm not thinking Pentecostals are charismatic. I'm thinking, okay, that's you. Uh, and so, um, and then they want to let's say I have prayer together. everybody's praying, somebody's praying hold oh, on. and then somebody's back here praying in tongues. That's a sure sign. Or somebody comes up to somebody, lays hands on you, brother. I felt like God wants me to lay my hands on you and pray for you. God gave me a word of wisdom. God gave me a word of knowledge. I wanted to pray for you. He puts his hand on your shoulder. The guy comes up, puts his hand on my wife. I say, what are you doing? I'm want to pray for her who sold you so god told me no he didn't <laughs> take your hand off my wife and before he can answer i'll grab his wrist and pull him off of him oh, off of her <laughs> not pull pull <laughs> up his wrist off of him no no pull the hand off of my wife's shoulder see and, you know and so this this way you to know and these antichrists they were very well known and then they were exposed and they left which is okay all right now first john two twenty. let me try to get a few things in here about this about five minutes worth. First down to 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Unction. Oy. Yes. You have an unction. Unction. You have an unction. If you don't have a cap, it fell off, it dries out the pen. You have an unction from the Holy One. Now before you think anything else, this matter of having an unction Here's what some people think unction means. Unction to some people means, you have this special relationship, this special connection to the Holy Spirit or to God. And when you have this unction, you're able to do certain spectacular, miraculous things. If you've ever watched Benny Hinn on TV, of course that's for you. If you ever watched Benny Hinn, he'll knock people over. You notice that whenever he knocks someone over, there's someone to catch him with them. And whenever, you notice this whenever some woman gets knocked over she's wearing pants not a dress yeah. and then somebody comes with the little blanks to cover them up because they'd be immodest if they fell over like a man did don't you find that kind of staged now Benny Hinn often says this, oh actually knocks over a lot of people oh the anointing is so powerful oh the anointing is here it's so powerful now watch it sometime and learn something learn something the anointing He's saying the unction is all over me. Whatever I touch, they fall. Why don't you touch the camera that's still me let it fall over? They never touch the camera. <laughs> I'm just saying, unction to them means you get zapped, overpowered, overwhelmed in a pathway. way. The Holy Spirit does something very unusual today. That's what they mean. But unction, 1 John 2.27 says this, the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. The anointing abides in you. Now the anointing is a direct connection to this unction. And he says in verse number 27, the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. The anointing is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in every believer, and the Holy Spirit does something to help the believer discern the true from the false. That's what the anointing is. It's the Holy Spirit that is in you, and he has a certain function. Let me read three verses to you. Just listen, please. 2 Corinthians 1, and 22. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who has sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. The anointing is connected to the believer being sealed by the Holy Spirit and never losing his salvation. Now, coming closer to home, John 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Verse uh, number 13 of John 16 says this. Albeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Do you get a clue what the Holy Spirit does when he's in you? He does, first of all, he will teach you all things, he will guide you all truth. In connection to this Antichrist, he will guide them, he will teach the believer what's going on. Hey, these guys are false teachers, don't believe this about Jesus Christ. Oh, I just felt that, I just sensed that. I my, I didn't know quite what was going on, but I felt like there was not right. You know what that was? That's the anointing, that's the unction. It is not some supernatural buzz that you get. First Corinthians 2, 14. He talks about, He that is spiritual, verse 15. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Oh, no. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. How can he judge all things? It's because the Holy Spirit helps him to understand. The Holy Spirit teaches him and causes him to have discernment about an issue. False teachers, Antichrist. That's what that's about. So, the limitation to judging all things... And knowing all things knowing all truth it's not about knowing all things about how to fix a car it's not about how to cook it's not about how to no 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 it's about something spiritual it's about discerning truth from error one of the primary ministries of the holy spirit is to teach the believer truth referring him to truth and comparing something that is said to the truth what does this say and what are they saying what does this say and what are they saying what does this say and what is he saying in the prison? What does this say? What is he saying in that church? What does this say? What is this saying in that Bible study? What is this saying on TV and what does this say? Let's compare and discern and know the truth. The Spirit of God will teach you and lead you to all truth. Amen. These guys are liars, they're antichrist. Where'd you get that from? The anointing, the unchange? So it's not some supernatural pizzazz kind of thing. I have to stop here. And as I was prophesied, I could not finish all I have to try to finish. Let's take a short break.